We're back. Hello, welcome in another episode. What's going on, guys? Saturday 6, we're back in the saddle, ready to get back after it. I am AJ here with my brother Tyler. What's going on? Yeah, we back. We back. Play that uh, Sam Ellinger drop. We're back. Speaking of Sam Ellinger, he's starting for the Colts this week. No more Matt Ryan and Sam Ellinger. So shout out to our boy that kicks us off every episode. Um, Let's kick it off. Let's do it, man. Uh, Lots of good games last week that we touched on. Um, Got a decent slate this week. Not as juicy as the last few weeks, but um, some exciting stuff to get into. What are you uh, looking forward to? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, I'm looking forward to most, uh, as they're both big Georgia Bulldogs fans, we will be in Jacksonville for the world's largest outdoor cocktail yes, party. Yes, sir. Um, so, n- nothing gets bigger than that uh, for us oh, yeah. throughout the football season, other than championship week. So, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited. I'm packed up, ready to go. Just got one more shift of work to get Woo! through, and we're, we'll be on our way. Yeah, baby. I like it. You're getting me hyped um that'll be a fun one. we'll actually touch on that game a huge rivalry going down this week so uh that one will be exciting to uh get some uh get some picks on but uh speaking of picks let's go back to last week let's hit the rewind button and uh go over some of those games we gave you six picks against the spread like we do every week and we had some good action man we had some uh some nail biters we had some teams uh blow some teams out that we we uh might not have seen coming so uh, but we did good against the spread. I went four and two. You went three and three. Even better straight up. Records are looking good so far on the season. Um, let's go to the ACC. What you think? Um, Syracuse, Clemson. You had a top 15 ranked showdown here. Clemson was a big favorite at home, dude. It was uh, just under two touchdowns, 13 and a half. And I watched the entirety of this game. And I'll say uh, Clemson comes out with a 27-21 win. Syracuse covers we got that one wrong but um this was a story for me about we talked about it right last week you know uh what was the recipe here for a Syracuse upset and uh you thought it was a Clemson defense collapse I thought it would probably be the opposite and be their offense being inefficient and that was the case man honestly uh I want to say four or five turnovers in this game DJ gets pulled in goes Cade um he wasn't really asked to do anything in this game so it's almost impossible to evaluate his performance but uh gritty win they pulled it out because Syracuse had like 15 16 turnovers or excuse me penalties and uh Clemson pulled it out but um what did you what do you think seeing that result that that scoreboard I'm gonna preface this with this I'm gonna disappoint a lot of my fans a lot of the Tyler team that's what I'm gonna call my fans now the T team um not everybody gets every Saturday off to watch the entire college football slate. Uh, I'm one of those people. We were super busy working on Saturday. Didn't get to watch a whole lot. This is one game that I got to catch glimpses of. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting if uh, if they bench DJ for the rest of the season. I don't think he's necessarily deserved it. Does he have his best game? No. But he's had a lot of really good games this season and proved a lot of the doubters wrong. So I'm not too keen to write him off just yet. I think that they needed a little bit of a spark, and that's what Cade gave this Clemson offense. 
but I don't think that he's going to be a weekend and week out starter for the rest of the season. Yeah, no, I have to agree with you. I think DJ is still the guy. Um, Dabo came out after the game and said he's our guy. Even Cade, who, you know, was the one that replaced him after he got benched, came out and said DJ's our guy. You know, he's going to bounce back next week and win us games. So um, I fully expect him to be the guy. But, but I don't know, man. Like, this has got me questioning an 8 no Clemson team. Like, they've only got four games left. They run the table, probably. And then who do you face in the conference championship game? North Carolina? I mean, like, it's very likely scenario. They go 13-0 and 0 and then get blown out in the playoff because uh, right now – defense elite I got no questions on that side of the ball but this offense has looked inefficient at best yeah I usually like to give credit uh to the underdog when the underdog does something big yeah um it's hard to give to Syracuse give... uh that much credit when you have like 15 penalties right I mean I and it sucks because Syracuse did play a hell of a game they still lose but they do cover they played a very good game uh, yeah. As I uh, I saw coming uh, a little bit, but I think this is, the story is exactly what you touched on. It's just uh, Clemson kind of fell apart. They didn't have uh, the right game plan going in. They were a little bit sleepy to start, and yeah. it almost comes back to bite them in the butt. Yeah, like we, like we said, the uh, noon kickoff was going to be an advantage for Syracuse. I think that definitely helped. But uh, let's move on, man. Let's go to the SEC. This was one that was basically a pick 'em. The spread moved a bunch throughout the week, got down to one at one point. I think we it was like right at one and a half or two when we were picking. We said, you know what, let's just pick who we think is going to win this game. You were on the side of the Rebels. I was taking LSU at home. They were favored at home um, late in the week there. And uh, this was this was an interesting game because Ole Miss jumps out to like a 17 to nothing lead. Um, they're leading big early in this game, and all of a sudden, LSU just comes crawling back, clawing back, like one punch at a time, and uh, the second half, but really the fourth quarter, was all LSU. They pulled away. They were able to run the ball. Jaden Daniels looked good again for another consecutive week. I'm buying stock in Jaden Daniels, the quarterback right now um they they uh they covered that easily 45 20 like i said um and it, it was it was all tigers down the stretch yeah such an impressive win for lsu and one that they needed uh their their season's starting to trend upward now now that they got a big win under them mm-hmm. Ole Miss is no longer undefeated which leaves only georgia and tennessee as the only undefeated teams in the sec so not all is lost for Ole Miss. They still control their destiny yeah. uh, to a certain extent. So, you know, went out and you're going to that SEC championship still. They've got a lot of big games ahead of them still. So it'd be interesting to see how they bounce back. You know, it's even more interesting for me. Uh, some, speak of controlling your own destiny. LSU controls their own destiny. They've got two losses, but you remember one of them was the FSU. That's not in conference. And the other was to Tennessee, who was on the East. So, theoretically, LSU, if they run the table the rest of the way, if they beat Bama, they could go to the SEC championship game, which is not something that I can personally say I saw coming uh, within the first couple weeks in Baton Rouge. So, that'll be interesting as well. I don't remember the last two-loss team that made it to the SEC championship. It'll be an interesting thing to look up. Yeah, for sure. 
Uh, let's move on. Big 12 action. You had Texas going on the road against Oklahoma State. And Texas was a six-point favorite, a road favorite. And this was a good game, but it was uh, mostly Oklahoma State leading throughout it. Um, we were expecting big games from Bijan. We were expecting big games from Ewers. And uh, Ewers didn't play bad, but he didn't play great. Had a turnover or two. Um, this was more so for me about um, about this Oklahoma State team because I was honestly down on them uh, after they lost last week to TCU. I picked TCU to win. Thought they were a better team. Still stand by that. But uh, I was expecting a bounce back by Texas, and instead Oklahoma State goes out and proves it's a better team. Incredible defensive performance by Oklahoma State, uh, getting turnovers, playing against such an elite offense uh, with Quinn Ewers and Bijan Robinson in the backfield. Um, their defense has been something that I've harped on pretty much all season. They've got what it takes to get it done. It's just also combining that with being able to score the amount of points that you need to outscore uh, these opponents. Uh, because while they're a good defense, you're going up against really good offenses and they're going to score. It's mm -hmm. can your offense keep up? And that's exactly what the Cowboys did. Yeah, it was an impressive win. And, uh, you know, they've, they've got, still got some games down the stretch that they've got to win if they want to meet their goals. Um Texas is still technically alive in the Big 12 as well. Um, they need some things to happen. They need a little bit of help. But uh, the Big 12 right now is looking like a two-team race between the TCU Horned Frogs and those Oklahoma State Cowboys. So let's go out west, man. We had one that we were excited for because both of these teams were ranked in the top 10. UCLA Bruins, Oregon Ducks, Oregon six-point favorite at home. And we were both feeling Ducks in this one. We were correct, man. This one was uh, final score 45 to 30, but Oregon, like the 15 points isn't even enough to tell the story. Oregon really just ran up and down the field. Uh, Bo Nix, man. I mean, Bo Nix at home versus Bo Nix on the road will just always uh, be something that, uh, that baffles me. But um, – he looked really good. They looked good in their uh, their pink uniforms. They were pretty cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was Ducks all day long. Um, the score doesn't really do it uh, justice. Yeah, these are two, like I said last week, very similarly matched teams, um, which is why you see a 15-point differential, and it was such a low uh, spread going in at minus six. But we're going to have the defense, I called it, and uh, their offense did exactly what they game planned and what they wanted to do, and they executed it very well, and that's why they're victorious. Yeah, I said going into this game, I called my shot last week, I will say that. Um, UCLA, I said they were pretenders. I just – I hadn't seen anything. They hadn't really had a quality win. Um, Still disagree with that. I just – like, they might be a top 25 team. They probably will be. But uh, as far as as going into Eugene, winning in Autzen Stadium against Oregon, who is a perennial team in the Pac-12, uh, I just thought that it was not, not the time, not this year. Um, but we'll see if they can bounce back. They still got uh, some games to play, and uh, if they win those, then uh, they'll be in a prime spot in the Pac-12 still. So... Um, let's go back to the SEC. We got Mississippi State going on the road last week against Bama. 
who was reeling after a tough loss um, on the road against Tennessee. Mississippi State needing a win as well. And big favorite was Bama, 21. It was three touchdowns that you had to pick them to win by. We were hesitant, but we picked them, and they do cover. 30-6 to six is the final. Mississippi State tacked on a touchdown late. Um, tried for a little backdoor cover there, but it was too little too late. And uh, I don't know. This one for me, it was um, it was a win by Bama because Bama is who they are because they're the more talented team and they should have won. But it was one that wasn't super impressive after you thought they might kind of come out and put their foot on their neck. Yeah, I want to say that I called it because I thought that they were going to come out and bully this Mississippi State team around. But it's still not – and this is very critical only because you're Alabama-type criticism, but it's not the win that I wanted to see. It's not the win that I expected. I wanted an absolute blowout. We don't necessarily get that. A 24-point win isn't great. Uh, even a 30-point win since uh, those six were kind of in garbage time at that point. Um, but like I said, that's something that's so critical just because you expect Bama – to be so good whereas if this was any other team beating mississippi state 30 to 6 you know we, we call it a solid win so sure, uh, sure. it's, it's, it's kind of hard to say how i feel about that yeah i think it's just uh like i find myself almost like hyper analyzing bama right now just because we have seen just a a slight drop off in uh their efficiency over the last several weeks but um They've got some a games. Slight drop off. You were calling the end of a dynasty. Now you're I, calling it a slight drop off. I I didn't go that far to say that on the podcast. I titled the podcast that. Uh, what was the title kinda, of the podcast? Kind of reaching for uh for some clicks, but um, I didn't say that. I said that they are looking softer than they've ever looked, and I still stand by that. Um, I think last week they didn't do anything to make me change that. So. But uh, one last game that we picked last week, Big 12. Let's hit on it real quick. Kansas State ranked in the top 25 going on the road against a TCU team undefeated. Big Max Duggan supporters on this side, baby. Max Duggan, Max Duggan, Max Duggan. <laughs> they were uh, favored by three and a half at home. Cover that pretty comfortably. 38-28 is the final there. TCU Horned Frogs improved to 7-0, have a stranglehold on the Big 12, and are honestly – looking like outside of the Big Ten, the SEC, and maybe Clemson, the only other team in any other conference that has a shot at the playoff. So uh, that'll be interesting to watch going forward. But what do you think about uh, Wildcats and Horn Frogs last week? Yeah, TCU is definitely the team to watch, uh, the team to beat in the Big 12. It's a very easy scenario that TCU does sneak into this playoff spot. When you think Georgia and Tennessee still has to play each other, one of those gets knocked out. Ohio State, Michigan still have to play each other. One of them gets knocked out. You're talking about a Clemson team that, you know, we still have some questions about. Maybe they lose a, a regular season game. Uh, things have to go their way, but it's not totally out of the scenario that TCU sneaks in maybe a four spot in this college football playoff. They've got the offense to do it. I've got to see them be con consistent, and they have been pretty much this far in the season, but mm -hmm. they've got to continue this. 
they, they, there's still uh, David going up against these Goliath programs as far as trying to get their spot uh, in the college football playoff. But the chances there, they just got to keep rolling. Max Duggan has to keep being Max Duggan, and that's all they wrote. Yeah, that's true. And again, Kansas State is not totally out of this either. They're still ranked in the top 25. They're 5-2 and two on the season. Got a big showdown with Oklahoma State this week, a top 10 Oklahoma State team. So uh, we'll touch on that one. And, uh, you know, they, they've still got a lot in front of them and could make a run at this thing as well. So, um, But that is it for last week's picks. Like we said, uh, did pretty well, each of us. So uh, if you want to start uh, – stop fading us and start leaning into some of these picks. I'm just saying we're starting to do pretty good. But uh, let's go. Let's get started with this week's picks. Let's go! 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 All right, we're back. Let's go. Let's get into some week nine action, man. College football season flying by um like i said it's a decent slate um we'll we'll live with it as a uh, college football diehards we uh we like even the not as uh juicy slates but some good ones to get into so let's head to the big 10 we have a showdown uh between the two of them they've got 13 wins only one loss but it feels more one-sided than that you got number two ohio state on the road, the Ohio the, State. How could I forget? Thank you for reminding me. Uh, they're going on the road against Penn State. Penn State lost that game to Michigan, but other than that, six wins. Uh, six and one is the record. They are 15 and a half point underdogs at home to these Buckeyes. 12 o'clock, big noon kickoff on Fox. Uh, you expecting a good one or are you expecting Ohio State to run away with it? I'm kind of on the fence here because the recipe for success against Penn State with Michigan was run heavy. Ohio State's uh, kind of wondering who their running back's going to be. They're battling some injuries in the backfield there. But due to Ohio State's Ohio State, they've got the defense for it. New defensive coordinator this year has been doing great things for them. They've got C.J. Stroud. They've got any receiver that you want in your wide receiver room oh my they freaking gosh, got them freaking ridiculous dude it's too much penn state's gonna have to pull something out of their ass for this win i don't care if you wide out happy valley it ain't working shout out my boy Keyshawn. buckeyes by more than 15 and a half okay yeah i uh this one's this one's interesting because uh you know, I was kind of high on Penn State, honestly, before they lost that game to Michigan. I expected them to cover that uh, small spread, and they got blown out. But I don't know. Something in this game makes me want to take Penn State to cover. I, I, I think the Buckeyes win. I'll start there. Um, and I don't know. I think it's boring to talk about, you know, how this team that's favored by two plus and a half touchdowns, whatever – is going to win this game, is going to cover. Let's talk about a recipe for Penn State to cover this game, to win the game, and therefore cover. Um, I think they have a tall task in doing that, 
But uh, they looked pretty good last week against the Minnesota team that uh, that has scrapped together some wins this year, 45-17. to 17. Um, Obviously, it's a bad loss to Michigan, but that's in Ann Arbor. And uh, when you talk about Happy Valley, uh, that's that's a tough place to play. And we've seen these Buckeyes before. It was 2016, so, yeah, that's getting back there. It's 20, you know, six years ago or whatever. But um, we saw that year Penn State get blown out at Michigan and then a few weeks later go on the road and knock off a top three Ohio State team. So, yes, it's possible. I think uh, Sean Clifford's got to have – a no turnover game. That's one thing. I think uh, Singleton, the running back, has got to get loose. He did it a couple times against Minnesota. Obviously was not able to do it against Michigan. Um, and that defense has got to slow Ohio State down. Like, they're not stopping them, right? Like, Ohio State's going to score their points. But can you hold them to field goals? I think uh, Iowa did a good job against Ohio State last week in doing that. A bunch of times you saw Ohio State get into the red zone, get stopped, settle for three. If Penn State can do that, they have a very real uh, chance of covering this spread. I'm going to take them to do that. Buckeyes outright easily, but 15 and a half. I think this could be within that two touchdown area. Ohio State by 50. By 50, just because I uh, made a case for Penn State or were you already feeling that way? Because I want you All to right, say just because I made a, I want no, you to no, say no. because I uh, made a case for Penn State. It's an expression. I don't think they're going to win by 50 points. But I think this is, this is a convincing blowout win by Ohio State. I think this is the win where they really make it hard-pressed on the Associated Press to not put them at number one. And they're you know closing that gap between – Georgia because realistically I mean at the top of the college football world right now you have Ohio State Tennessee Georgia and then you don't have anybody else the discrepancy from those top three to four or five and six I think is a lot bigger than a lot of people think. a lot of a lot of people would say Michigan but I I wouldn't Just a lot I wouldn't of at all would put Michigan in that category I personally don't I think but. I think that there's a huge gap between Michigan and those three aforementioned teams. And then you're talking about a number 16 Penn state. Do I think there's a recipe for disaster? Yes. I, I think everything that you touched on is exactly what would have to happen. I just, I'm not putting my betting money on all of that happening and all of it has to happen. Yeah. It no, can't, can't be one of those things and they, and Penn state pull it out. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I think you're spot on. I think um, I think I see them keeping it a little bit closer just because of what I touched on. They're at home. That plays a, a huge factor. I won't undersell that. Obviously, noon kickoff is not what you prefer. 3.30, 7.30, obviously, we've touched on that is the preferred spot for a home team. But um, I don't know. I think they got just enough to hang in that game. But let's move on, man. Let's go to a – a division that uh, – or conference, excuse me, that I don't believe we have even touched on this season. Uh, actually, we talked about Cincinnati week one. So, uh, let's revisit Cincinnati. Those Bearcats, they're still ranked in the top 25. They're number 20. They are 6-1. and one. Only loss was that week one game that we covered against Arkansas. It was a close one, 31-24, I'll remind you. They're going on the road to an interesting 
UCF Knights team that is five and two. They lost last week, um, but they're favored by two points at home. So Vegas, Vegas knows something's up here. You got a three thirty kickoff on ESPN. What do you think is pushing this line to favor UCF at home? Is it just the home field advantage? Are they really, you know, within a talent, uh, you know, atmosphere of Cincinnati? What's going on here? I mean, one, being at home is uh, a huge help for UCF, being in the bounce house, as they call it down there in Central Florida. But, I mean, let's just be honest. It really just depends on what John Rice Plumley does at quarterback for UCF. He yeah. is their entire offense He's got 1,800 yards, 11 touchdowns through the air, albeit six interceptions. Uh, but on the ground, he's got over 100 carries for 500 yards and seven more touchdowns. Yep. I mean, this guy is their leading passer, leading rusher. He is the offense. Um, so his game determines the entire team's game. If he has an off week, then it's an easy L. But if he goes off like he's been doing, I mean, he legitimately has a chance to give Cincinnati a run for their money. The problem yeah. is, and this is where I'm kind of leaning Cincinnati here, is how easy is it to game plan for one guy than when you're game planning for seven guys on offense or four guys yeah. on offense yeah, uh, or, or even two or three, you know? It, it's a heck of a lot harder than, okay – we need to keep uh, a linebacker, our fastest linebacker, spying on this guy all game. Uh, we're going to dial up pressure. We're going to dial up the blitzes and, you know, get after this quarterback, make him uncomfortable. Yeah. So uh, for that reason, I, I think the Bearcats are just a little bit, uh, a little bit better off in this game. I don't want to say better, but they're better off as far as um, game plan. I uh, really like what Tyler Scott's been doing for Cincinnati. Huge receiving threat. If they can get him the ball uh, plenty of times this game, uh, they could stretch the field with him very easily. And it being a pick em game, we're going to call it a pick em game. It's a one and a half. We usually do two and a half or less as pick em. Uh I'm going to have to go with the Bearcats. They've just proven a little bit more to me this year. Yeah, no, I I think that's spot on. I like the analysis. I think um, for me, I've been trying. I told you this before we uh, before we press record that I've been trying to kind of go through these teams' schedules and the games that they've played already. Now that we have a decent sample size, you know, more than halfway through the season, and and f try to find quality wins, try to find bad losses or games that they lost that maybe they shouldn't have. Um, both of these teams, it's almost impossible to find a quality win, um, but they both have to uh, have at least one loss. We talked about Cincinnati's being on the road early in the season against Arkansas. It was a good game. It was a physical game. On the other side, you have a UCF team that's lost two games. I touched on one last week against ECU. They just straight up didn't look good, dude. It was 34 to 13. The offense uh, was turning the ball over. They uh, looked very inefficient. Their defense couldn't stop. I mean, couldn't stop squat. It was, uh, you know, big bombs left and right for ECU. And then they lost at home, too, to Louisville. Louisville's four and three. Um, they're a decent team that's picked up a couple of uh, solid wins. 
but uh, not a game that they UCF probably should have lost. So um, I don't know. I like Cincinnati as well. I, I like Luke Fickle. Um, I think on the other side, like Gus Malzahn is going to draw up something like that. He's just known for that. You know, it's, there's going to be a flea flicker. There's going to be a Statue of Liberty or a uh, freaking fumble rooski or some shit. Uh, but Arquan Bush, the DB for Cincinnati is really good. Their defense is really good. I'm taking Bearcats as well. Uh, pick them sounds great to me. I, I'll take Cincinnati on the road. But uh, let's move on. Let's touch on the game that we are most excited for. That is because we Drum are roll, please. 3.30 on CBS. You got the trumpets. You got all the hype, baby. It's going down in Jacksonville. Neutral site game like it is every year. Number one, Georgia Bulldogs, 7-0, and going to Jacksonville to meet up with Florida, who is 4-3. Bulldogs, I mean, this line has fluctuated probably about like four, five, six points throughout the week. Started off as Georgia being like, you could, I think I found it at like 19 early on, and then it moved to 21, and then it moved to 23, and it's been all over the place. 22 and a half is what we're picking. Oh, man, I'm so excited for this game. Florida is reeling a little bit, lost to LSU. They uh, lost to Kentucky. And a quality win against Utah. But aside from that, it's really hard to find some bright spots for these Gators. A lot of hype around Anthony Richardson early in the year. And that has all but uh, the spark has been put out. Let's just say that. Yeah, I love covering this game every year. Um, thing for Georgia here is injuries. It looks like they dodged a bullet and they will have Lab McConkey at wide receiver for them. The question is how much of uh, AD Mitchell do we get at wide receiver? How much of uh, some of the some of the guys on defense, especially on that D line, they're hurting a little bit. Uh, so injuries could play a big factor. Another thing that could play a big factor in Florida's favor, is Georgia still got to play Tennessee? And with this being such a big rivalry game, I don't feel like it's one of those that Georgia is keen to overlook and, and look past to uh, be worried about Tennessee. I don't think that's the way that this Georgia program is necessarily wired to be. But is it a possibility? Absolutely. I think that that's one thing. Uh, if you want to talk about a Florida win, that's one thing that's got to ha happen. And then, honestly, Florida's got to get a little bit lucky. Georgia's got to shoot themselves in the foot, um, maybe not be 100% healthy, which we know that they're not, not going to be 100%, um, right. but maybe less healthy than uh, even Georgia fans expect them to be. Um, and then they've got to uh, execute a flawless game plan. And if all those things happen, you get a little bit lucky, you stay in the game late, it's possible. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, it, what, if that's Georgia, what we love about – Uh, sorry, that's what we love about these rivalry games, right, is that, like, literally throw everything out the window, anything can happen. And this is something that uh, the college football world, if, if you don't pay attention to this game, you probably don't see very much. When I tell you that this crowd is split 50-50, I cannot exaggerate it anymore. You – 
if you were inside the stadium, you can look down horizontally down the field, and one side is completely orange and blue, and one side is completely red and black, and it is literally 50% of each fan base. Yep. And that's what's so fun about this game, man, is there's n- not a home field advantage. You know, you'll get the you'll get the Georgia faithful that says, "Oh, it's played in Jacksonville. That's like if we played it in Atlanta." You know, it's not that neutral side of a game. But as far as the fan perspective, and which plays a big part into a home game in the first place, yeah. uh, it, it it really is uh, pretty neutral there. It's a, a amazing atmosphere to see. You're looking over the St. Johns River. Um, let's just be honest. This UGA team is way too talented um even with the injuries that they have dan jackson at safety um they've just got too much going on i think that this is a big statement win for uga you know holding that number one spot it's a game that the dogs look forward to every year just as much as the gators um i don't think that they're going to overlook this and, and this is yeah that's the big question. reason uh uh I'm comfortable with this spread, man. I mean, we've seen the past couple of weeks. Uh, obviously, we had the bye week last week, but George has been putting up freaking numbers on these teams, and Florida uh, has is not fared very well against the SEC in um, most recent years. And I think this is one of those games that Georgia can pull off a convincing uh, cover over the spread. I like the pick, man. I like the analysis. I agree with a lot of what you said there. I think, um, yes, I think you said it. Florida, in their last 14 games against the SEC, I sent this to you because this blew my mind. The Florida Gators, in their last 14 against in-conference opponents, three wins, 3-11. and 11. That is second worst in the SEC to Vanderbilt, who is 0-14. And I think two of those were two Vanderbilt. Yes, yes. Two of those are probably two Vanderbilt. Yes. And probably one to Missouri. I mean, that's incredible, man. That's uh that's really bad. I think uh like I like I did with Ohio State, you did it a little bit. Um it's easy to see how Georgia wins this game. It's easy to see how they cover. You said it, they're more talented at almost every single position. Um the recipe for Florida in this one, establish a ground game. If you can get the run game going with ETN, if he can break a couple, and if you can if you can do it on both sides of the ball, if you can run the ball on offense, if you can stop the run on defense, that's your recipe right there. Yeah, turnover or two might help. You know, uh, a special teams play might help here or there. But uh, that's the recipe really to keep this game close, to, to cover this spread at least. Um, ETN the back, very good. Very shifty, very elusive. Richardson, the quarterback, m- more like a running back. I hate to say that, but he's mobile uh, though. That helps. He's mobile. Helps. And, uh, yeah, if you want to establish a run, then that that's a great quarterback to have. Uh, if you're going to ask him to beat Georgia with his arm, that's where you know it gets a little murky. But um, and then on defense, like you've got to be able to stop this Georgia run because if Georgia can establish the run, it's it's games it's game over. It's lights out. You might as well pack your bags at halftime and load up the buses because it, once Georgia starts running the ball, then they can get the safeties up close to the box, throw those play action shots. It's lights out. This defense isn't going to give up more than 
two touchdowns. Is that saying too much? Like, I think 17 is probably the max for Florida here. And I just see Georgia scoring more than that probably in the first half. If they score 17, some of those points are in garbage time. Yeah, a very real scenario. Yeah, I mean, I, I see something like 34 to 7 sounds comfortable to me. Like that right there around that that number. Um, so be interesting, man. I can't wait to watch it. Uh, love picking this game every year. But uh, let's move on, man. We got some more to cover. Let's go to the Big 12. Two teams we touched on last week. We're going to talk about them again because it's relevant. They are uh, contenders in the Big 12. And that's number nine, Oklahoma State, six and one on the road, going to number 22, Kansas State. They're five and two, and they are favored at home. So uh, it is within two points. So we can make this one a pick them as well. 330 on Fox. What are your thoughts, man? We got Cowboys, we got Wildcats. Um, lots on the line right here as far as the Big 12 goes. Historically, over the season, I've been pretty big on Oklahoma State. I know I took Texas last week, and I should have been faithful to the Orange and Black because they proved me wrong once again. Um, this is a team that's on a roll, man, and they've got the recipe to, you know, win the Big 12. They've got a recipe to contend. Not saying that Kansas State doesn't. They have, uh, I think, shocked a lot of people as far as what they are projected to do this season. Um, but I think Oklahoma State, they've got the defense to limit the amount of points Kansas State scores. And if their offense is any resemblance of last week, then this is going to be a, an a, exciting game to see. As a pick them, I've got to go to the Cowboys. Kansas State has played really well, though. Um, it is at home for them, which does help. But I'm going to take the away team, a little bit of underdog action here. Okay. We'll go with the Cowboys. Yeah, I like it. I think um, this one's this one's interesting to me because, like, I've been c just confused about the Big 12 so far this year. Every time I think I got a read on it, it seems to, like, dart the other direction really hard. And so, like, I'm feeling Oklahoma State in this game, which means Kansas State will probably win. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Uh, going back to the quality wins, bad losses, Oklahoma State's quality win at Baylor, 36-25, to at home against Texas, 41-34. to So they're starting to rack up some good wins here. Um, a bad loss. I don't know if I even call it a bad loss. Like, it was on the road against TCU in double overtime. They lost by three. So um, I'm not – I can't really hold that against them. They've played good competition. Kansas State couldn't really find a quality win for you, so that's tough. Bad loss at Oklahoma State. Again – or, excuse me, not at, at Oklahoma State. Um, at TCU, that was 38-28 to 28 last week. Um, so, again, don't know if I can call that a bad loss. But uh, as far as the team with quality wins, it's obviously Oklahoma State. So – um, I like Spencer Sanders. Uh, I, I like their defense. You touched on that. I think they hold Kansas State probably around 20, which means I think they get this win pretty convincingly. Uh, in a pick'em game, I feel comfortable about that as well. I'll go Cowboys. We're on the same side, it sounds like, uh, <laughs> which means Kansas State definitely wins, right? Uh, honestly, I've got no clue. You said you couldn't really get a read on the Big 12 this year. 
I can't get a good read on college football this year. It seems like tough. I mean, there, there's it, there's just been so much chaos that I feel like every game should just be a pick'em game at this yeah, point. Facts. Uh, We'd be we doing a hell of a lot much better. better. Straight yeah, up. Yeah, we're we're definitely doing a much better straight up, up than against these spreads. Um, so that's why. I, that's just the thing about pick'em games, man. That's They're why Vegas for a reason. Money, they can go e- either way. Yeah. There's. It's really hard to tell. This is all opinionated. There's no analysis or fact-based uh, picking when going up against the pick spread. Yeah. Let's go back to the SEC. We've got uh, what could be a good one or what could be a blowout. Uh, we'll uh, we'll hear Tyler's take, and I'll give you mine. Number 19, Kentucky. They're 5-2. and two. They've uh, they've lost a couple of games, but they've also won some games that uh, are starting to look like decent wins. Going on the road to Rocky Top, number three in the nation are the Tennessee Volunteers, seven and zero, favored by twelve. Last I checked, at home, seven o'clock, ESPN, Wildcats, Volunteers. What are you thinking? I'm thinking I don't know which Kentucky team we're going to see. Right, They've that's the thing. So up and down for me this year that I'm like, yeah, I want to pick against them because they've played terrible against terrible teams. And then they've played really good against really good teams, which makes me high on them. I will say the love for Will Levis is fading out quickly over here with the Tyler team. Uh, trademark that, uh, but I know what Tennessee team I'm gonna get, especially a Tennessee team in Rocky Top at the number three spot. They've already beaten Bama, they've done big things this year. They're looking to keep rolling, man. They've got nothing to lose, they've got everything to gain. Um, this is a team that hasn't really been super relevant until. Maybe last year they played pretty good. I picked them to be great this year, uh, at least the number two team in the SEC East. Which now they're the number two team in the SEC. Period. Yeah. Um, this spread is low, man. This is one of those where I'm like, Vegas, what are you doing? I mean, I could see Tennessee winning by 30, 35 easily. Whoa, so, whoa. Got to take the whoa, Volunteers in Rocky Top. Come on, man. Thirty against Kentucky. Holy This cow. is an offense that is putting up touchdowns almost every single drive. I mean, how do you not? If the defense plays well K- enough. Kentucky's defense yeah. is good. Like, Kentucky's defense is, like, not top 10 in the country, but, like, a, a good SEC defense. So, like, According maybe, to the maybe FBI, one of the- they're they're not better than Alabama's. And what uh, team scored oh, yeah. 50 points on Alabama? Sure. I mean, they're just not going to be good enough. And I don't see Tennessee's offense really scoring all that often against Tennessee. Kentucky's offense, yeah. I think I think it just gets out of hand. Kentucky's too good at scoring fast, which means that they can get the ball back quicker and they get more opportunities and more drives to score. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I think you're right. I think, um, for Kentucky, it, it's a quality win on the road at Florida. They beat them by 10. And I think 
that win had us a lot higher, had a lot of people. I won't say us because especially myself, I haven't been high on them. I thought they were overrated. Um, I think that got a lot of people on the bandwagon and uh, then a couple cupcakes, but then you lose at Ole Miss. Then you lose again at home against South Carolina. Yeah, you didn't have Will Levis. That's fine. I understand that. But then they bounce back and they win last week against Mississippi State, a game that we both picked Mississippi State to cover easily. So I just um, – I don't know, man. This one's tough because, uh, like, we talked about it. Like, Georgia is not overlooking Florida. because Huge showdown next week, if you don't know. Tennessee, Georgia – top three teams in the country for sure. Like it's game of the year, no doubt. So Georgia's not looking past Florida. Like it's just too big of a rivalry. There's just too much on the line every year. They're not going to overlook Florida looking ahead to Tennessee, but could Tennessee potentially be overlooking Kentucky looking forward to Georgia? I think that might be possible. I think it helps it. I think it's helps that it's a night game in Knoxville. Um, 12 is kind of close for me. Like, if it was 13 and a half, they got to win by a full two touchdowns. I'm definitely taking Kentucky. I think I might take Kentucky to cover Tennessee straight up just to be different from you because we've hit on a couple uh, in a row here that are similar. Won't be shocked if Tennessee wins this one by more than two touchdowns. Maybe not 30. But uh, I I think I'm going to take Wildcats to cover. I think I feel comfortable enough. If Will Levis isn't playing, I'm switching my pick. But – I, I like Kentucky enough to uh, think they can cover 12. Tennessee wins outright at home, though, probably by 8, 10, something like that. Uh, maybe a turnover or two helps keep Kentucky in it, a backdoor cover, something like that. So uh, I'll take Wildcats and uh, just, to, just to be a little bit different. Bold pick. Tennessee only by 8 or 10? Bold. Yeah, I just uh, – I don't know. I think it could be a spot where uh, where they could be sleeping a little bit. But let's go to our last one, man. We got one more. We'll wrap up. This is the pick six. Michigan State on the road going to the big house against number four Michigan, 7-0. and Huge spread. Favored by 23 points at home are the Wolverines. This is traditionally a really big rivalry. That's why we wanted to touch on it. Like we said, not a ton of other great games to pick from. But uh, – what, like I said with the other games, huge spreads. What does the uh, what does Michigan State have to do in order to keep this game close or upset Michigan? Oh my goodness! Stack the box with nine defenders at all times. I mean, <laughs> mi- mi- Michigan's run game is just too good. JJ McCarthy can do it on the ground at quarterback. They've got a two-headed monster in the backfield. Uh, headed up by Blake Corum, who is uh, eyeing in on a 1,000 yards, uh, pretty close to it. He's already got double-digit touchdowns on the year. Uh, um, and the weak spot for Michigan is their passing game. They're not spectacular. Uh, a lot of their passing game comes out of the backfield in the first place. So, yeah. you know, y- you can almost afford to do that, um, which is what Michigan State's got to do. Um, other than that, I mean, Peyton Thorne, you've just got to play the, the, the game of the season. Yeah. I mean, he's been very unimpressive to me. He's sitting at 1,500 yards, 11 touchdowns to seven interceptions. I mean – Can't do that. 
I mean, it, it, <laughs> it, it it's, it's too much. It's too much, my guy. Too much and too little at the same time. Right. Um, I was really high on Jalen Berger. We touched on Michigan State early in the season. I believe it was a week one matchup, something around there. I was big on Jalen Berger. I thought he was going to be a huge playmaker for Michigan State. And, yes, he's not getting the amount of carries you want to see. He, he's only got about 80 carries this season. But he's hasn't even eclipsed 400 yards yet, only five touchdowns. They've got to figure out – who's going to step up and be the guy on offense. Cause right now it, this offense is dull. It's dull. They got to find somebody that is going to step up and have that big game. And then yeah. defensively, they've just got to put Michigan in a bind. Cause if they don't, this game gets out of hand. Yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, that's the, that's the part that is tough. Cause it's like, under Mel Tucker, we've seen Michigan State be solid on defense, and we kind of expected just last that, year. Yeah, we kind of expected it coming into this year, you know, and it's just it just hasn't worked out that way. They've been piss poor on defense, and the offense looks like a Big Ten offense, a Big Ten offense not named Ohio State. So um, this one's tough. I think uh, you touched on everything there that I, that I could have said. Um, I think it's just too much. Those Michigan running backs, Edwards, I mean, he just – he looked gross last week. Quorum, we talked about him at nauseum. Uh, McCarthy probably won't have to do much here. I think uh, – I'll take Michigan. 23 is a lot. Man, it's a lot. Um, Let me give you my pick. I say Wolverines stumble a little bit. They still look ahead to Ohio State. Stumble a little bit. Don't cover – Obviously went out right, but they just barely don't cover. Michigan State's got just enough to keep them in that uh, spread range. I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking Michigan State cover Michigan, obviously, straight up. Uh, but now that you did it and I don't have to fall on that sword, I'm going to take Michigan to cover 23. <laughs> they probably won't, uh, but I would rather be on their side and them do it. And then instead of picking the Spartans right now, that look like trash and regretting it later. So I'll take the Wolverines at home. 23, sure, why not? Largest spread of the week. Largest spread of the week, one of the largest spreads of uh, of the pick six so far, if I, if I remember correctly. So um, we've got our picks, man. We've got a few of them actually now that we are on different sides for. So uh should be interesting. Looking forward to being in Jacksonville with you, man soaking up one of these great matchups that we love to partake in every year and uh, looking forward to just a good weekend of college football. We will be back next week. We do it every week. We're here for you guys. So uh, sign us off, man. That's it. Top three teams in the country, Georgia, Ohio state, Tennessee, all by 50. Let's go. (laughs) Let's go, baby. See you guys next week. Uh, save that no